Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Today, we're going to begin a brand new series uh, called Acts of the Apostles. Acts of the Apostles. We're going to go through the book of Acts for the next six weeks. Come on, six weeks in the book of Acts. In fact, I I want you to do something. I want you, you can do it on your phone, on your iPad right now. I want you to download the study guide that we made available for everybody. It's a free study guide. Uh, You can go to calvaryconnect.shop. CalvaryConnect.shop. You can literally do it on your phone at 9 a.m. Everybody downloaded it. And you're going to see it at the top. Free download. Click that. And this study guide is going to be available on your phone, on your iPad. Um, By the way, Pastor Adam put this together. Come on, can we put our hands together for Pastor Adam? It's a beautiful design he did. Come on, I love our teams. Isn't this awesome? Beautiful. So download it. If you're not following us on social media, we put it up on our social media yesterday on Facebook and Instagram. You can follow us, Calvary Miami. But we told everybody to download it. How many of you already downloaded it? Let me see. Some few hands. Oh, okay. Good amount of people. If not, calvaryconnect.shop. Do it on your phone. It's literally going to take you two minutes. You can download it as we start the series today. Uh, Maybe you've heard about the book of Acts. Maybe you've heard about the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've heard about what happened in the book of Acts, but you want to get a little bit more information. This study guide is going to help you. And here's what we're going to do. Over the next few weeks, we're all going to read the book of Acts together. This booklet is going to take you through something that we call soap. Anybody love soap? Anybody use soap this morning? Soap reading is scripture, observation, application, and prayer. Literally every day you're going to get a couple verses. You're going to read them, observe them, see how you can apply them to your life, and then pray. Literally you could write just maybe a sentence or two down to help you every single day. Come on, why don't we do this for the next few days? Let's grow in God's word. Come on, let's go closer in our relationship with God. 11 a.m., are you with me? Come on. Let's do this together. So download the study guide. It's going to take you through the book of Acts, as well as in uh, page 3 of this book, 21 days of prayer and fasting. There's a list of 21 things that we're going to be praying for for the next 21 days. We're going to start day one tomorrow. Um, I know it's Labor Day, and a lot of you are. Are you starting fasting on Labor Day? Eat a vegetarian burger. Um, you can try anything, but, but if you can, do a half a day. Some people are studying on Tuesday, but whatever you can. Tomorrow we're praying for our church, our pastors, our leaders, our dream team. Anybody thankful for this church? Come on. Anybody thankful for what God is doing in this church? So tomorrow we're starting 21 days of prayer and fasting. And you're going to see every day we're praying for different things. Day two, we're praying for our city. We're going to have personal prayer requests. We're going to have a bunch of different stuff that we're praying for. Download the study guide and you're going to be able to follow along with us. Amen? Anybody ready to get into the book of Acts? All right. 11 a.m. is a little quieter than 9 a.m. Are you ready? All right. Take out your notebooks. Take out some phones to take notes in or an iPad, a notebook, whatever it is that you can. We're going to start the book of Acts today. We've got six weeks. By the way, after the book of Acts, in the month of October, we're starting a brand new series called When the Devil Comes Knocking. That one's going to be good. Come on, how many know he comes knocking sometimes? How many have opened the door before? Just kidding, don't answer that. Don't answer that. 
when the devil comes knocking in the month of October. All right, let's start the book of Acts. Take out some notebooks. If you got a study guide, you can write it there. If you don't have somewhere to write notes, take it from your neighbor, take their notebook, their journal. Uh, let's start with some basic information. Every time we study a book, we like to start with some basic information. I'm gonna take two minutes to explain the book really quick so that you know what we're reading. Okay, who is the author of the book of Acts? Who is the author of the book of Acts? The author is Luke the doctor and the disciple. How many of you have heard of Luke before? Luke, Luke. He wrote Matthew, Mark, Luke. He wrote the gospel of Luke by his own name. He um, also was a disciple of Paul. When Paul goes on different missionary journeys, usually his companion, his friend, his brother that goes with him is Luke. Now, Luke is also a doctor. This is good to know because Luke is into details. Luke, as a doctor, he loves describing names, places, dates. And so he's the one that writes this book of Acts. Many consider him the greatest historian of all time because of the detail that he gives us in the gospel of Luke and in the book of Acts. So there's a lot of detail that go into his two books that he authored. What, what are the dates? Okay, this book that we're read, reading, when was it written? Well, it was written approximately 60 to 63 AD, right? So this is when the church just first started. Many believe that as Paul was in prison for about two years, Luke penned the gospel of Luke and also the letter or the story of the book of Acts. Who is the audience? Well, the audience is Theophilus. Uh, Theophilus was a prominent leader in the church at that known time. Uh, if you're pregnant here today and you're looking for a name, that's a phenomenal name, Theophilus. My child, Theophilus. But also, he wrote it to the church at large. He wants all of us to know the history of the church. What is the purpose of this book? Okay, we're starting a brand new book today. What is the purpose of this book? Well, the purpose of the book is to present history, a defense, and a guide for the church. We're going to read a book that's going to let us know the history of the church, how the church defended itself during these times, and a guide for us going forward. And the last thing for you to know some things on the book of Acts, what are the themes? There are some themes in the book of Acts that we're going to see over and over again. These are some of the themes. Number one, the mission of God. How many know God has a mission for the church and for our personal lives? Can I get an amen? amen. There's a mission. And we're going to see what the mission of God is in the book of Acts. We're also going to see about the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's a big one. We're actually going to talk about that today. Then also the birth of the church. And we're going to see the church then in action after the church begins. And then we're going to see persecution, providence, and perseverance in the book of Acts. Four main themes that we're going to see all throughout the book of Acts. And so we're excited to go into it. I want you to grab your Bibles and go to Acts chapter 1. Go to Acts chapter 1 with me. We're going to begin reading it right now. And I'm excited over the next six weeks to dig into this book, to learn, to study, and to grow together. Acts chapter 1, if you have uh, a phone with the Bible in it, if you have a, a regular Bible, a physical Bible, go to Acts chapter 1. As you're going there, can you look at the person next to you and tell them, I'm glad you're sitting next to me. Come on. Look at the person on the other side and tell them, you look better than my first neighbor. Come on, smile at somebody next to you. Tell them they look good today. Acts chapter 1. Mark the book of Acts. This is where we're going to be for the next six weeks in church life. This book, it's an amazing book. It's an incredible book. It's going to help us grow closer to Jesus. It's going to give us an idea that what we're a part of is bigger than this building, bigger than our church, bigger than our campuses. Come on, we're a part of something that is changing history since 2,000 years ago. Anybody grateful for that this morning? Come on, that's the church of Jesus. Come on, can we put our hands together for the church of Jesus Christ? Literally changing the world. 
Acts chapter 1, we're going to read a couple of verses. Jesus, he's hanging out with his disciples. Luke uh, finishes his gospel and begins his gospel with Jesus. And so the book of Acts begins with Jesus. Jesus is speaking to his followers, his friends. And look what happens in verse 6. Luke, uh, I mean, Acts chapter 1, verse 6. It says this, so when they had come together, they asked them, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, well, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the father has fixed by his own authority. Acts chapter one, verse eight. I want you to underline verse eight if you can, highlight it. This is basically the key verse for the entire book of Acts. Jesus tells them, but you will receive Power. Somebody say power. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Come on, how good of a promise is that? Out of Acts chapter 1 and 2 that we're covering today, I want to preach a message, teach today on this book of Acts as we're all studying and learning together. I've titled this message, Spirit Break Out. Spirit Break Out. Write that down on your journal, wherever it is that you're taking notes. Let's begin the book of Acts today. We're going to explain uh, the first part of the book of Acts. We're doing six parts, and we're going to talk about this first part today. Let's pray together. Then at the end of service, we're going to worship. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us, and then we're going to have an incredible week. Amen? Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We love you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love and your mercy. Thank you for uh, allowing us to gather here, whether physically or online. And God, being part of this community is amazing. Speak to us today. Thank you for loving people like us. We love you, God. Help us as we start this six-week study to see you and to see your power. Spirit, break out over our lives, our city, our communities. We love you and we thank you. It is in Jesus' name, all of God's people say Oh, come on, all of God's people say? Come on, can you make some noise for Jesus this morning? Come on. So, our air conditioner broke this weekend. And uh, yeah, absolutely terrible. Anybody's air conditioner ever broke? Is it happening this weekend all across? Our air conditioner broke this weekend. It broke Friday. We come in here this morning. The office ACs are broken here at church this morning. It's amazing. My mother-in-law told me she just came from Publix, and uh, the Publix AC is down as well. It's the spirit of AC that is messing around. And, uh, <laughs> our AC broke, and uh, obviously Friday evening was frustrating, so we called Ulysses. Anybody love Ulysses and Miriam? They're an incredible couple. <laughs> Ulysses, this is what he specializes in, and um, he's incredible. He does a little bit of everything. He's a bodybuilder, AC, and a realtor. And so he comes over the house. He takes a look at our AC. And, and he looks at this one specific unit in our air conditioner that he says, this has a circuit board in there. And when there's no power reaching the circuit board, then it can't get the AC to do its proper function. There's no power reaching the circuit board, which kicks off the fan and the compressor. He was explaining to me, I'm just like, I'm hot. I need some AC. I don't know what you're telling me, but I just want to fix. He's like, because it's Labor Day weekend, uh, I probably won't be able to fix it till Tuesday. So I'm sleeping in my backyard the next couple of days, <laughs> which is worse than mosquitoes and all that. So, but he was saying, you, you need power to get to this one specific point because if the power doesn't get there, the AC cannot function in its proper original purpose and form. I thought that was striking. 
And I started thinking about the Holy Spirit that we're talking about today in the book of Acts. And I think this is what's happening in a lot of our personal lives and a lot of our churches. I want to tell you this morning, you don't have a physical body and then a spirit. No, you are a spirit and you have a physical body. And just like your physical body needs power to function, your spirit needs power to function. Right, your physical body. You make sure, some of us get up in the morning and you train, you work out, you make sure you get some uh, nutrients in your body. Maybe you take some vitamins, some supplements, you eat your proteins or eat your carbs. Some of us prefer carbs over proteins. Uh, but, but you make sure that your body has some power in order for you to walk, talk, think, engage, memorize. How many know your physical body needs power? Right. If you don't feed it properly, you, you are going to slowly begin to lose some of that power. You're going to be out of strength. You're going to be lethargic, right? Because you need some power in your physical body. Well, well, the physical body is not the main thing. You are a spiritual being. And your spirit being needs power as well. In fact, that's why the next 21 days, what we're doing is saying, God, we neglect our f- flesh in order to feed our spirit. We want our spirit to get stronger. You are a spiritual being having an experience here on earth. God created you with a purpose, with a design, with skills, with giftings. You are a spiritual being here on earth. More than the material stuff that you have, more than the physical matter that you are, you are God's design here on earth. And there is purpose on the inside of you. But in order for that purpose to function you need power to come into your spirit in order for you to work properly in fact I'll put it this way purpose is lacking because power is missing in our lives there's so many people today power is missing in their spiritual lives physically they look great physically they're eating walking running training they're doing amazing look great selfies are great on Instagram but spiritually decaying spiritually lacking spiritually we're dying We're living in a society where we feed our physical bodies every day, every hour, every minute. But when do we take time to feed our spiritual life? Is there power in our spiritual life? And I'm going to tell you, a week, one day out of the week in church for an hour and 15 minutes is not going to cut it. You need to feed your spirit. Your spirit needs a power supply. Our churches today need a power supply. A lot of churches today are not functioning in their purpose. I want to tell you, we're, more, we're here for more than just good lights and a nice event. We're here to make a difference and to carry out the mission of God in our communities, in our city, and around the world. We are here to carry out the power of God out to our city. I want, to, I want to tell you, you're more than just taking up space, more than taking up oxygen or service. You need the power of the Holy Spirit so that you can walk in your gift, so that you can walk in your calling, so that you can carry out that skill, that talent that he gave you. You need the power of God in your life. Now, a lot of us might be like, well, that's great. That sounds amazing. Maybe that's only for bishops, pastors. Like maybe that's for Bishop Vlad, who's there in the front row, Reverend Collazo, and the prophetess Yoli. Like we think... We think, we think that, that certain power from God is only for certain people, not me. My life is too messed up. You should know some of the thoughts that go through my head. I mean, this, this power stuff, this God stuff is only for people with a good, clean history, people who have nothing on their Carfax. <laughs> this is for people that got a clean history, that, I mean, they, they do good, they're in church. No, the power of God is for everybody. 
And so maybe you're here today and as we start this six-week study and we look at what God did, the acts of the apostles and the disciples and how the church took off, maybe you're saying, that's great, that's cool, but that can never be me. I'm just going to do little old me here on the side. I'm too messed up. I'm too screwed up. There's no way that God can use me. I'm here to tell you the power of the Holy Spirit is for you as well. He wants to fill you. He wants to use you. It is available for you. It doesn't matter how ordinary you think you are. We serve an extraordinary God and he uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Can I get an amen? Oh, come on. God is not looking for somebody that can speak well, look well, dress well, smell good. No, God is looking for messed up people that say, God, use me. I need your power. I need your anointing. I'm messed up. I'm broken. And at that moment, the power of the Holy Spirit will come over your life and will do incredible things through you. Can I get an amen? Anybody grateful for the power of God? Come on. He's a good God. In fact, I put it this way. Ordinary lives filled with supernatural power can do extraordinary acts. All of our ordinary lives. Nobody's, nobody's life here is extraordinary. I don't care how special you think you are. <laughs> right? We all lie on Instagram. Life is not that great all the time. <laughs> you don't look that good all the time. <laughs> Take off those eyelashes, that makeup, and uh, those filters. <laughs> all of us with our ordinary lives. God wants to use that to do extraordinary things. The church, God wants to use it to do extraordinary things. And what we need is his supernatural power. Can I get an amen? amen. And I want to tell you, church, it's September 2021. We got no time to waste. It's time for the church to wake up. It's time for believers to wake up. It's time for some of us to stop playing games with the devil. It's time for some of us to stop playing church. And it's time for some of us to say, God, use me. Use my calling. Use my anointing. Use my gifting. Use my purpose. Miami needs believers that are more from Sunday to Sunday. But everyday believers that get in God's word, that are full of his spirit. People that are ready to take the gospel to every part, every school, every office. Come on, somebody. Somebody say it's time. The book of Acts shows us it's time to move forward with the gospel. Luke is an incredible writer. I mean, he's a doctor. He's a detailer. And he gives us so much detail. In fact, Luke, who writes the third gospel, the book of Luke, also writes this book, the book of Acts. Many historians, theologians believe you should read both books back to back. In other words, Acts is a continuation of the gospel of Luke. In the gospel of Luke, he gives us details that no other gospel gives us. He's into details. Luke, he, he sees every detail. He, he notices names and people and places and settings. You want to know about Jesus in detail? Read the gospel of Luke. It's amazing. Luke tells you everything about Jesus. He's extremely detailed on the life, upbringing, birth, and on the death of Jesus. Jesus dies. He resurrects. And in the book of Acts... Luke continues the story of Jesus. We call it Acts of the Apostles. That's one of the proper names. But another name that we could call it is Acts of Jesus. Because Jesus didn't stay in a grave. Jesus resurrected. And the book of Acts opens up by letting us know that Jesus did not stay in the grave. In fact, Luke begins the book of Acts by letting us know that after he resurrected, Jesus hung out with the disciples for over 40 
days. He was seen by them. He ate with them. He chilled with them. They had hummus and pita chips. They sang together, cried together. Jesus did not stay in the grave. If today you're thinking about Christianity, you're not sure about this Jesus, let the book of Acts right at the beginning convince you. We don't have a guru. We don't have a teacher. We just don't have a regular teacher leader that stayed in a grave. Oh, come on, Jesus. He overcame death. He resurrected and for 40 days hung out with disciples and apostles. Death could not hold him down. Luke is seeing this and he's like, ah! he's writing all this down. Jesus was hanging with us. Jesus was talking. The grave is empty. Amen. I think we need to celebrate that more often. We celebrate it on Easter Sunday. But you should get up tomorrow morning and say, the grave is empty. And if the grave is empty, death could not hold you down. Death is not final because Christ overcame the grave. Let's have Easter every day. Come on. Eat some eggs every day. Luke is giving detail. He's hanging with us. He's talking with us. The disciples were around him. They couldn't believe him. Jesus, you're alive. Acts chapter 1 at the very beginning of the book. He's letting us know we hung out with Jesus. We talked with Jesus. And so the disciples, they're a little hard-headed like some of us. And they start asking him questions. They start asking him questions. They're like, Jesus, so... So when are we going to go up into the palace, take this thing over? Like, we're, we're ready. You, you overcame the, you know, the grave. You overcame death. We're ready to go to the palace in Jerusalem. You are the king. <laughs> they said, when are you going to establish the kingdom of God? And Jesus says, that's not for you to know. Basically, Jesus says, mind your business. <laughs> like, don't worry about that. Basically, Jesus is saying, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. My, my, my kingdom is not a political kingdom. I see a lot of Christians fighting politically on Facebook over the last year and a half. Oh, we're part of a different kingdom. Jesus is like, I'm not Republican or Democrat. Jesus is like, I'm not red or blue. Jesus says, I am every color, every race, every nation, every kingdom. This is the kingdom of God establishing his place here on earth. Anybody grateful for the kingdom of God? Oh, nations will rise and nations will fall, but there's one kingdom that will not be shaken. And that's the kingdom of God. The Bible says we're citizens of a different kingdom. And Jesus says, oh, that's not for you to know. Don't worry about it. He says, but I want you to do something. I want you to wait until you are filled with the power from God. Now, remember, they're ready to go. Like, they're like, you, you defeated. The grave is empty. Jesus, you're here. Let's go build this kingdom. And Jesus says, wait. Has God ever told you, wait? Some, some of you, that's, that's where you're at right now. God has told you, wait. The disciples are ready. This is Acts of the Apostles. Let's get on with the Acts. But before you get on with the Acts, Jesus says, wait. The first thing we get from the first part of Acts is that many times we need to wait on God. Wait on God. Somebody say, wait on God. I hate waiting. I absolutely hate waiting. I'm, I'm, I'm impatient. God is working on me. Don't judge me. You got your issues. I got mine. I hate wait. I ordered something from eBay not long ago. Asked Diana. I was checking the tracking number every day. Every day. Like, when is this thing going to get here? It's still in L.A. L.A. Oh, I don't even like L.A. This is why they take forever. Like, I hate waiting. But I want to tell you today, waiting is working. Amen. Waiting is working on our character. Waiting is working on our patience. Waiting is a virtue. There's so many of us in here this morning that we hate to wait. 
And maybe we have prayer requests before God and we're saying, God, when are you going to heal so-and-so? When are you going to provide for my family? When are you going to fix my marriage? When are you going to fix my husband? When are you going to fix my wife? When are you going to help my kids? God, when are you going to give me that promotion? God, when am I going to see your hand come through? And God's like, can you wait? That's not the answer I was looking for, God. I'm, I'm telling you one more time. Can we go? Can we move it? Can you bring the healing? Can you bring the promotion? Can you bring that open job? God, I've been waiting for this promise for a long time. But if God gives you the promise at the wrong time, it's going to be big trouble. See, many times the right thing at the wrong time is a big problem. So many of us, we want God to give us something now. God, give me the healing now. God, give me, give me the answer right now. God, fix my marriage right now. But if he doesn't mature you before he gives you the promise, you're going to be in some trouble with that promise. And so what waiting does is that waiting comes to work on our character. The truth is, a lot of us today, we're immature. And, we're, and God has us in a waiting season to mature us, to form us, to build us. Waiting is a virtue. The Bible says those who wait on God are happy, are blessed. We live in a generation that can't even wait for a minute for the popcorn to pop in the microwave. Make it faster, <laughs> right? We're living your way right away. This is the kind of generation that we live. And God many times, he doesn't, wait, he doesn't work the way that we operate here on earth. He's like, I have you waiting. In fact, I'll tell you this morning, a waiting season is not a wasted season. You may be waiting for a promise, but while you're waiting, he's working. While you're waiting, he's forming. While you're waiting, he's maturing. While you're waiting, he's fixing. While you're waiting, he's purifying. God, I want the answer now. And God's like, I got to work on your character first. I got to work on Peter's like, I want to go right now. Peter, if you start preaching the gospel right now, they will kill you in a second. You don't even know what you're talking about because you don't have power yet. Wait for the power. The Bible says this in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. Waiting is working. And it's working to your benefit and my benefit. In fact, the Bible says that as they go and wait, Jesus ascends to the Father. Angels come and they're like, what are you looking for? The same way he went up to the Father in Acts chapter 1, the Bible says he's going to come back. Come on, everybody grateful for that? We have a Jesus that is coming back for his church. And so they go and they wait. He told us to wait in Jerusalem. He told us to wait. While they're waiting, spiritual leadership is then formed. Judas that had betrayed Jesus is no longer one of the 12 apostles. And so they have to pick a new leader. That's when Matthias comes out. Right? But, but in the waiting season is where God brings spiritual leadership into your life. In the waiting season is where God brings spiritual order in your life. Some of us, we want God to give us answers today and to bless us today, but your life is out of order. God cannot bless something that's in disorder. Some of us this morning, we need to put our lives in order, put our priorities in order. God has not given you that answer yet. And maybe what he's waiting for is for you to order your life, order your marriage, order your temper, order your mind, order your eyes, order your hands, order your feet. He's saying bring some spiritual leadership into your life. I'm, I'm telling you to wait for a reason. Wait. We hate waiting. Light turns green in Miami. Not even a second goes by. The person behind you is honking in a second. Damn. It just turned green. <laughs> we hate it. We hate waiting. But many times God will not work without waiting. If you can't wait, you're going to miss out on some things that God wants to do in your life. 
Some of you have some, some callings, some giftings, and you're saying, when is it going to be my time, God? When are you going to give me the mic? When is it time to run my ministry? When is it time to run my team? And God's like, be careful. Because many of you have giftings, but your character cannot hold you yet. And if your gifting takes you further than your character can hold you, you are going to fall in the end. Wait. He's maturing you. He's working in you. He's, at the age of 25, we don't know everything. And sometimes we get to 55 and still realize we don't know everything. He's working. He's bringing maturity. He's bringing wisdom. And the disciples are like, okay, we'll wait. They gather in the upper room and they also have spiritual order, spiritual leadership, but they also have spiritual passion. And they start praying. They're seeking out. Today what the world needs is a church that seeks God's face. Why are we doing 21 days of prayer and fasting? Because we want to lose 10 pounds? No. That's a benefit. If we do it right. <laughs> Why we do 21 days of prayer and fasting is because we're saying, God, we need you more than anything. In, in September 2021, what the world needs is a church on fire for God, seeking God, a church that's close to him, hearing from him, moving with him. Are you with me? That's what we need today. We don't need a lot of believers just checking off church. We need believers. Past. You can hear from God. Like, like you can hear from God. This is not for a pastor or a leader, a bishop, a disciple. This is for you. We're all disciples. So take the next 21 days to say, God, I'm going after you. The disciples were going after him. And in Acts chapter 2, look what the Bible says. Acts chapter 2, verses 2 through 4. It says, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And then divided tongues as a fire appeared to them, rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They're all in this room. Jesus ascends to the Father. They go wait. They get spiritual order, spiritual leadership, spiritual passion. And then the Holy Spirit falls in the room. Can you imagine we're in this room? Can you imagine we're all praying? And in a second, this wind just starts to blow in here. Mighty rushing wind. That's what I need in my house right now. Mighty rushing wind. <laughs> a mighty rushing wind, right? And then something appears and it looks like fire. And it divides between all of us, and it falls over each and every single one of us. What happened in that room was powerful. It was the promise and the gift of the Holy Spirit. He says, wait on God, and then next you need to be filled by God. Filled by God. What the church needs today, what you and I need today, is to be filled by God. I'm not talking about filled with anxiety. I'm not talking about filled with all the news that you see, CNN, Fox News, Newsweek, Newsmax, whatever it is. I'm not talking about filled with worry. I'm not talking about filled with wisdom. I'm not talking about filled with knowledge. You can be filled with all those things. But the most important thing you need to be filled with is filled by God. Filled by his power. Filled by his light. Filled by his grace. Come on. Filled by his mercy. We need to be filled by God. What happens in that room is amazing. Luke is describing it. He's like, it was like fire. It looked like fire. And it went over each and every single person. He's a detailer. He's a doctor. And he's like, this is, he's writing everything down. He's writing everything down. These, this is wild. The Bible says that they began to speak in other languages and tongues. And they began to praise God. This was probably. Now, now, why is Luke giving us these details? Why does he say it looked like fire came down and it went over each of them? Why these details? Right? Well, the book of Luke, what Luke is trying to do is that he's giving us a new picture of what we call the new covenant that now God has with his people. 
In the Old Testament, fire represented the presence of God. When Moses is in the desert, right, you've seen Prince of Egypt and God talks to him. Where is he? He's a what? A burning bush. Fire in a bush. In the Old Testament, if you wanted to go to God's presence, you went to this place called the temple. It was a massive tent in the temple all the way in the, in the back end or what was called the front end. Maybe the holies of holies. That's where the fire of God rested. And that represented this is where God resides. Where the fire is, is where God lives. What does the New Testament say now? The New Testament say we no longer go to a temple to meet with God. He's no longer in this place where all of us have to go and meet him. Now the fire, the presence where God resides is on the inside of each and every single one of us. When Jesus ascends, the spirit descends and falls on all of us. God is no longer met at a temple. He's now in a bunch of little temples. He's in me and he's in you. He's with you when you go to work. He's with you when you go to church. He's with you when you go with your family. He's with you when you're watching a movie. He lives on the inside of you. Acts chapter 2, you need to be filled with the power of God. Fire on the inside. Woo! Do we have fire on the inside this morning? God, you are residing. That's why he says you are now temples of the Holy Spirit. He lives in me. In the Old Testament, you went out to a desert and you went into a tent. In the New Testament, we are the tent that is walking around. It's the church of Jesus Christ and the holies of holies. Now it's in us. Filled by God, now there's fire on the inside. This is powerful. The Holy Spirit wants to fill you. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit does two things. Number one, he seals you. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Literally what Jesus does, he puts a down payment on your life. He said, this one's mine, lay away. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit seals your heart. That's what the Bible says. But then it says he also baptizes you. He says, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized by fire. Whoa. What does that mean? Literally, it's the Holy Spirit filling you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, purifying, strengthening, giving you boldness, giving you courage. When fire comes on the inside, it produces boldness on the outside. The disciples who were in the room, maybe some of them scared, fearful, afraid, worried, filled with anxiety, praying, worshiping. When the Holy Spirit comes upon them, they get loud and they start to worship God. In fact, the Bible says that fire fell on each of them and they all started speaking in tongues and they all started praising God out loud. They formed a party up there so loud that the whole community, the whole city came out. And they're like, it's nine in the morning. Guess who's throwing a party? Literally, literally that's what happens. And they're like, are they drunk? Anybody throwing a party at 9 a.m.? <laughs> Peter has to stand up and Peter's like, Hey, they're not drunk. Peter from like a balcony is talking to everybody that comes out and says, they're not drunk. <laughs> they're filled with the Spirit. Because when you're filled with the Spirit, praise has to come out of you. Oh, come on. When you're filled with the Spirit, worry has no place. When you're filled with the Spirit, you can either worry or you can worship. When you're filled with the Spirit, oh, come on, you begin to declare God's praises. When you're filled with the Spirit, you proclaim the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need a church full of the Spirit. We don't need a church full of politics and everybody fighting online. We don't need a church full of a bunch of ideologies. We need a church full of the Holy Spirit that knows the answer, knows the King, knows that Jesus is Lord. They start worshiping Jesus. The whole city will find out when you're full of the Holy Spirit. They come out and they're like, these people are nuts. 
they're getting drunk at nine in the morning. Peter's like, hey, this is what the prophet Joel spoke about. That in the last days, the Holy Spirit will fall on everybody. It's a promise for you. Peter begins to preach in Acts chapter 2. This week, we're going to read it together. Get the study guide. We're going to read it together. It's an awesome story. Peter begins to preach to everybody. And he says, this is what the prophet Joel spoke about, that in the last days, this Holy Spirit will fall everybody. Your young daughters will prophesy. Your young men will have visions. And your old men will dream dreams. That's a poetic way of saying everybody's getting the Holy Spirit. Right? And the Holy Spirit comes to empower you and give you dreams, visions, prophecies. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful picture. And all of a sudden, Peter is speaking with boldness. When Jesus says, wait for the Holy Spirit and you will receive power, that word power in the Greek is the word dunamis. Somebody say dunamis. Literally, is where we get our English word dynamite. <laughs> like, do you, like, are we reading this? This is amazing. Jesus says, before I use you, you need some dynamite power on the inside of you. Before I use you to change your family, your marriage, before I use you to, so you can raise your kids, before I use you to make a difference in your workplace, before I use you to go and make a difference in your business, before I use you so the church can go out and make a difference, you need dynamite power on the inside of you. Like the, the Holy Spirit is not just a little electrical current, it's dynamite power. Come on, somebody. Like dynamite power. When the Holy Spirit fills you and you start to speak, lights have to come on. Every chain breaks. Every disease has to go in the name of Jesus. Come on, there's power in the name. Oh, come on. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood, in the gift of the Spirit. Come on, everybody grateful for the power of the Holy Spirit. We need a church full of power. It's dynamite power. You're full of the Holy. You should walk into a room and know the atmosphere has to change when I walk in. I walk in with faith. I walk in with boldness. I walk in declaring God's goodness. All oh, the demons better go running when I walk in because I got dynamite power on the inside of me. I'm full of the Spirit of God. Are you with me? The Bible says that dynamite power starts to explode in Jerusalem. And then it goes to Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of People start getting healed, delivered. Demons have to flee. The book of Acts is wild. People are healed by Paul's shadow. Literally, the Bible says that Peter Paul walking. Healed, 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 healed. Imagine you were leprosy on the floor and all of a sudden they walk by and they're like, it's gone. Dynamite power. We read this and we think it's not available to us, but it's a promise to all of us. The problem is we, we power our flesh more than we do our spirit. And so we're functioning more in our flesh than we are in our spirit. We've got 21 days. Let's go after God. Wait on God. Be filled by God. Charles Spurgeon said this, the incredible preacher in London in the 1800s. He says, if there was only one prayer which I may pray before I died, it should be this. Lord, send thy church men filled with the Holy Ghost and with fire. We need more people with fire in the church. That doesn't mean you have to be charismatic crazy. <laughs> I grew up in a church like that. Doesn't mean you have to be weird. Doesn't mean, you know, it's not about any of that. It's a confidence knowing I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And I can pray for the sick. I can pray for those that are bound. He speaks to me. He helps me. He leads me. He guides me. He gives me boldness on the outside. Maybe some of you today, you're a little bit afraid of sharing with family members or friends. When you're full of the Holy Spirit, he's going to give you boldness to speak. 
Literally, that's what the Holy Spirit does. That's why Paul says in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5, I believe, Paul says this, and do not get drunk with wine. Is it okay to drink? Sure, just don't get drunk. (laughs) And do not get drunk with wine, right? Like believers, we don't get drunk. Believers don't get drunk, clearly here. We We don't get drunk. He says, that's debauchery. That's, that's craziness. Don't do that. We're different. We live different. We talk different. We behave different. Like, that's not, that's not us. Like, and, and that's not saying we all have a perfect past. Talk to some of us here. Some people are here like, I, I drank till I blacked out. And I'm like, are you for real? He's like, I blacked out. Don't even remember. I don't remember 17 through 25. All those ages, I was gone. I'm like, wow, God did a work in you. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But then look what Paul says. But be filled with the Spirit. The way you used to fill yourself with wine, now you can fill yourself with the Spirit. I know, I know this sounds crazy. I know this sounds wild. But we have a supernatural power that we can tap into. And it's not an it or a thing. It's a person called the Holy Spirit. And he's the third person in the Trinity. He's God. And you can say, fill me today. In fact, that word in the Greek is pleruthos, which means an everyday filling. It's an active filling. Some of us got filled 20 years ago, 15 years ago, five days ago. Every day you should wake up and say, God, fill me right now. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I need your power. I'm weak, but you're strong. I'm lost, but you're found. I got, I need you. Anybody want to be filled with the Spirit some more? Come on. God, we need you. Our church needs you. That word literally to be filled, it sails on a boat that gets filled with wind and it directs its course. God, fill me today. Direct my life. And he fills with a boldness and with courage. The Bible says, Peter, he stands up. Acts chapter 2, verse 17. And in the last days it shall be, God declared, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. All your sons and all your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Paul is preaching this from a balcony, from a window, the whole community, everybody came out. That's how much noise they were making. Like they, they lost their minds praising God. Like when I read that, it helped me worship different. Like I remember being 17, 18, 19, 20, like growing up in church and I, I was in a charismatic, crazy church and I'm like, these people are wild. I'm just, gonna... God, I praise you, good. Then I read Acts chapter two and when I get full of the spirit, God, I'm gonna praise you. I'm going to lift up my voice, and I don't care who thinks I'm crazy. I I serve a God who's alive. I serve a Jesus who is risen. I serve a Jesus who saved me, sanctified me, helped me, is working on me. Some of us today need that charismatic type praise. Ain't nothing wrong with that. And the Bible says that at that very moment, as Peter is preaching, read it this week in the study guide. Jews and Gentiles get saved. That day, the Holy Spirit falls, filled them with fire. Peter preaches, 3,000 people make a decision to follow Jesus that day. From Peter preaching from a window. Acts chapter 2. We don't tell him to read it. Read it this week. Study God. It's awesome. 3,000 people. Jew and Gentile. And what Jesus says right before he ascended, that this gospel will go from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, begins to happen already in Acts chapter 2. Because first, you got to wait on God. Then you get filled by God. And the next thing we see from Acts is that you are sent by God. Today, I want to tell some of you, like, you've been sent. 
And I don't know if you understand that. If you haven't, I'm going to try to to make it as clear as possible for all of us. You have been sent by God on mission. Christians, we are not supposed to just come once a week, take some good notes, or sing a song, and then go home. You are on a mission in the city of Miami, Florida. In fact, I'll bring it down a little bit closer. You are on a mission in your home. Like, maybe there's some parents here, mom and dads, and they're like, well, I'll, ne- I'll never preach the gospel. Like, I'll never get on a window like Peter and preach. You, you got a window into your son's life, into your daughter's life. You are on mission by God to raise leaders, to raise the next spiritual leaders of your house. You are on mission. You're on mission to your neighbor. The neighbor who parties at 9 a.m. <laughs> You're on mission to show them the love of Jesus. You're on mission by God. Church, we are sent into this city on mission. Personally, but also corporately. I want to tell you, like Calvary, we're not here to take up space. And COVID, obviously, because of COVID, we shut down two campuses. We can't go back into the schools. But we, we just didn't have Wynwood and City and uh, West Kendall and this. Like, we didn't just have it just so we could take up space. No, we did it because we're sent on a mission. Because there are people lost and far from God. And because we've waited and are being filled, we're now sent. Spirit break out. The Holy Spirit broke out over the apostles, over the disciples. There was men, women, and children in that upper room. The Spirit broke out over all of them. When the Spirit breaks out in your life, it has to break out to your surroundings. I'm going to say that one more time. When the Spirit breaks out over your life, it has to break out to your surroundings. This morning, if we get full of the Spirit of God, oh, it's going to make a difference in your marriage, in your relationships. It's going to make a difference in your temptations. It has to make a difference in the way you treat one another, love one another. It's going to make a difference with your neighbors, with your employees, with your employer. Like you can't be full of the Holy Spirit and still be cussing out your wife. Can't be full of the Holy Spirit and be abusing your spouse. Can't be full of the Holy Spirit and still be watching pornography. Can't be full of the Holy Spirit and still living in sin. There's a difference between falling in sin and living in sin. That we all tap temptations, every single one of us. We may fall, but we get back up. But you can't continue living in sin. When you're full of the Holy Spirit, Spirit, break out, break out. Spirit, break out over my life. I need your fire. I need your spirit. I can't do this life without you. I'm made of flesh. I got temptations and weaknesses. I'm torn, but spirit, if you break out over me, and if if you fill me with your power, God, I know I'll be able to overcome temptation because it's not my strength. It's not my power. It's your strength and it's your power. Holy Spirit, break out. Break out over our church. Break out over our minds. Break out over our lives. Spirit, we can't do this without you. Week one, as we start this series, we realize we wait on you because we need you, God. Some of us have callings, anointings. Some of us, God has sent us on mission, but we need your spirit to break out. Break out over my heart. Break out over my mind. Break out over my hands, over my feet. Spirit, fill me and break out. Break out over my marriage, over my relationship with my kids. 
Spirit break out. It's the Holy Spirit that comes healing, freeing, delivering. It's the Holy Spirit that breaks chains. It's the Holy Spirit that will break that bondage to that drug, to that vice, to that pornography. It's the Holy Spirit that will heal relationships. It's the Holy Spirit that comes like a rushing wind and transforms the city. We need more of him. Sent by God. God, send us into the city. This week, God, as we go, send us full of your spirit. Not full of my opinion, not full of my thoughts, but full of you, God. Spirit, break out. Break out over us, God. Revive us once again. I'm going to ask us to stand up to our feet. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us this morning. Every eye closed and every head bowed. If you're here this morning, you're saying, Alex, I need more of the Holy Spirit. If that's you, can you just raise your hand? Every eye closed, every head bowed. If that's you, you're saying, I I want the Spirit to fill me this morning. Why don't you just raise your hand as high as you can? Why don't you begin to talk to God right there where you're at? I'm going to ask pastors to walk around the room, pastors, leaders. Can you lay a hand on somebody's shoulder and just ask the Holy Spirit to fill you this morning? We're going to pray that the Holy Spirit will fill you. It's a promise for you. Tell him, fill me, fill me, fill me. Tell him, Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit, I need you. Come filling every area. Holy Spirit, fill each and every single person in this place this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, fill us. Fill our minds, fill our thoughts, fill our hands, our feet. Holy Spirit, break out. Come on, somebody just lift up your voice and tell them, break out over me. Break out over my family. Break out over my home. Break out over my relationships, over my temptations. Holy Spirit, fill me. Come on, tell them, Lord, send revival, God. We need you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Fill me, God. Fill me this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Fill us this morning, God. Hallelujah. Fill us with your power. Come on, he'll help you this morning. He'll fill you with power this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, if you can pray in the Spirit, why don't you begin to pray in the Spirit out loud? Come on, if you can pray in tongues, begin to pray in tongues. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Fill us this morning. Holy Spirit, the way you did it in the book of Acts, fill us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Fill us this morning. In your heart, let it work in your life. The Bible says that when they were filled with the Spirit, Some of them began to speak in other tongues, other languages. Some of them began to praise out loud. Come on, let the Holy Spirit fill you. I believe some of you are getting the gift of tongues this morning. Some of you are getting the gift of prophecy this morning. Come on, God is looking for people who are hungry for more of him. Tell him, Lord, fill me, fill me, fill me. Oh, come on, he's going to fill you with the gift of tongues, prophecy, healing. Oh, come on, you need power of the Holy Spirit. Tell him, fill me today. If you can speak in tongues, begin to pray right there in your seat out loud and say, God, right now, in the name of Jesus, we need more of your gifts. We need more of your power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of you, he's going to give you a new song in the Spirit. Begin to sing out loud. Power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Fill us with power. Fill us with power. 
Some of you need healing. You're going to get healed right now in the name of Jesus. God, begin to heal. Begin to heal, God. People with physical conditions in their body, heal them right now, God. High blood pressure, diabetes, asthma. Holy Spirit, move in power. Miracles, signs, and wonders in the name of Jesus. Some of you with migraines, place your hand on your head and be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Come on, some of us with family members in the hospital, let's pray healing over them right now. Holy Spirit, break out. Break out over their lungs. Break out over their bodies. Hallelujah. Spirit, break out. Fill us with your power. Some of us have been addicted and in bondage for things for way too long. Come on, today's the last day you smoke cigarettes. Today's the last day you get drunk. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Be set free. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. Tell him, fill me with your spirit power. Fill me with your power. Hallelujah. Come on, ask him. Ask him right now. We're all praying. Hands lifted saying, fill me, fill me. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful presence from God. Holy Spirit, fill us. Holy Spirit, break out. Break out in our marriages. Break out in our families. Break out in our tempers. Break out in our attitudes. Give us the fruit of the spirits. Help us to be patient, loving, gentle. Help us to have faith, joy. Break out. Spirit, break out. Spirit, break out. Spirit, break out. Break out. Tell them, break out of my. You may be separated. Looks like the divorce is over. God can still restore the family. Tell them, break out, God. Break out. Break out over my life. Break out over my, my spouse. Break out over my children. Holy Spirit, we need you. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Let's give them praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're worthy of all the glory, of all the praise. Heaven break out. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, we're leaving in just a moment. I know we went a little bit over time, but with every eye closed, every head bowed. If you're here today and you're saying, Alex, I don't have a relationship with God. I feel far from God. I feel distant from God. Maybe you're here and you're saying, Alex, that's for so-and-so, but that's not for me because I got a messed up past. You don't know what I was doing last month, last week, last night. I don't. God does, and he loves you still. In fact, I'll say this. None of us are perfect. The Bible says every single one of us, we are sinners. I've sinned. You've sinned. We all thought wrong, said wrong, done wrong. And the Bible says that our sin separates us from God. God is love, but God is also holy, and he has to deal with sin all of us are sinners and so we're separated from God but God is so good that he sent his son Jesus Jesus came and he grabbed my sin your sin Jesus grabbed the sins of the world the Bible says carried it on his shoulders he went up on a cross and the Bible says that Jesus died for each and every single one of us the Bible says that Jesus went down to a grave he was dead for three days but after three days Jesus he resurrected he's alive 
He is Lord. He is King. And today he wants to come into all of our lives and make us new again. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, in a moment of privacy, in a moment of prayer. If you're here today and you say, Alex, I need Jesus. If you're here today and you say, Alex, I need a new beginning. I'm tired of the way I'm living. I know there's sin in my life. But I want to begin again. The Bible says you'll be made brand new. Doesn't matter what you were doing last night. Doesn't matter how messed up your past is. Today, Jesus gives you a brand new beginning with every eye closed, with every head bowed. I'm going to count to three. And if you're saying, Alex, pray for me. Today, I want a brand new beginning. Today, I want forgiveness for my sins. I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. At the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. I'm not going to call you out. Hold it up for a second or two. I just want to see who I'm praying for. Every eye closed and be head bowed. If that's you, if you're saying, today, I need forgiveness. Today, I need Jesus. At the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand as high as you can, as high as you can. Awesome. God bless you. 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 I see you. I see you. I see you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Awesome. Awesome. Amen. Praise God. If you're watching online, you can make that decision at home, in your living room, in your kitchen, right, in the workplace. Whatever your eye closed, whatever your head bowed. Those of you who raise your hand, I want you to repeat this prayer with me. I'm going to say a simple prayer. In fact, the whole church, why don't we repeat this out loud? Come on, it's one big family. Let's say this prayer of salvation with them. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. You died for my sins. And on the third day, you rose again. Come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. From today on, I'm forgiven and I'm saved. Amen. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Hey, hands went up. Thank you so much. Hands went up all over this place. And maybe you made that decision wherever you are as well online. If you made that decision, we have a tent outside. It's called our Connect Tent, Connect Corner. Pass by there. We buy thousands of Bibles a year to give them away for free. This Bible has a lot of notes to help you understand what you're reading. Pick one up on the way out. I know we ran a little bit over, but how about you? I'm excited about the book of Acts, and I'm ready for week two. Download the study guide. Tomorrow's day one of prayer and fasting. Come on, why don't we lift up our hands? We're leave out of here worshiping. Anybody thankful for the Holy Spirit? Come on, be full of his presence this week. Tell him, go before me, God. Father, we thank you. We pray that this week you will lead us, help us, fill us. God, go before us, behind us, and surround us.